Welcome to Season 3 of the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm excited to share with you the stories of clients and professionals on their personal, functional core and pelvic floor rehab journeys, as well as so much more. We're passionate about helping you be strong for the life you were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. This is Kelly Dean, and um, I'm going to be talking to you today about a topic that I can't believe we haven't had an episode on yet, Um, and it's going to be prenatal core training and specifically why doing functional core rehab work prior to delivery is really important. And a lot of this content has been shared with different client interviews um, and different people's experiences as they shared their journey. But what I really wanted to um, do is kind of go through all of the different reasons why this could be really valuable. And the first thing I wanted to share is almost unanimously, when we work with clients um, postpartum, or on, you know, consecutive pregnancies, um, they will say, oh, I wish I knew this information before my very first pregnancy. I think I hear that more than any other thing. I wish I knew this information before my very first pregnancy. And for some of you, that may seem odd if you're thinking about diastasis recti or pelvic floor injuries related to specifically birth or birth recovery. But the reality is, you know, we work with men, we work with children, we work with people that have never had babies, and they can still have functional core weakness, they can still have a diastasis, they can still have all of the symptoms connected to that weak core and pelvic floor. It is pretty much an epidemic in our culture to have poor posture and functional core weakness. And what that looks like is you know, this disconnect from our core and our pelvic floor, except for in extreme fitness regimens, um, where we're really overdeveloping the external muscles, maybe doing a lot of crunches or sit-ups, and not necessarily thinking about the function of the core and the pelvic floor, those deep muscles that hold you together, hold you up structurally, posturally, um, and what those muscles are intended to do. So if you can consider that as a culture, we have these weak postures, postural muscles, and then we get pregnant and we go into pregnancy and not really thinking about the role that the core and the pelvic floor plays physically in the nature of pregnancy, birth, and birth recovery. You know, we think, oh yeah, I got pregnant and I'm going to give birth. And yes, we think about, yeah, I want to not lose my body. I want to keep my body strong. Um, You know, we have some general feelings about stuff. Maybe we've had some experiences with friends or family members where they had a a really hard birth recovery and we want to prevent that. But there's this elusive, how do we do that? We think it's the gym. We think it's maybe a prenatal yoga class, but really What I want you to think about is that, you know, birth and labor and pregnancy is in most cases, the most physically demanding thing that most women will ever do. 
Um, it's it's like training for the ultimate marathon with a dead sprint at the la- at the end, and then right after that, you're given a little tiny helpless baby that you are exclusively pretty much required to feed from your breasts, um, and you know on minimal sleep and minimal time to recover after this major athletic event right so if you were training for an athletic event like that in you know in a different context you know like you know a big a big event in you know the olympics or a sporting activity or something like that you would train for it you would not just hope for the best you would not just think oh a lot of people have done this i'll be fine you would actually train for it. And that's what we want you to think about in terms of prenatal core training. You are preparing your body for a really significant thing, a really important thing. And you want to not only have a good experience, you want to keep your yourself and your baby safe. And you want to feel like yourself on the other side of this when you are caring for your baby, right? And that is what we want to give give to you. And so, you know, I am going to share kind of a lot of information about how this all works together um, so you can see the big picture here. And, you know, even if it has been, you know, even this is maybe you've already had babies or, you know, having babies right now isn't really in your your future you know, I think it's good also just to have this information to understand what happened and why it turned out the way it did or or how it could have been differently. And also for you guys to support the people around you better, to get this information to your friends and family members who are in those early stages of planning their families. Um, And knowing that being proactive and preventative is so, so, so important. It's not the way our medical system in the the U.S. is designed to be proactive and preventative, but it it, it should be. And we're working hard towards that. Um, So I have years and years of experience uh, working with prenatal clients, pregnant clients. Um, as well, I this last year, I became, um, I, I took a staff position at a midwifery college where I am uh, an instructor, a professor where I teach functional core and pelvic floor to midwives. I've been training midwives for years and years and birth professionals, doulas and OBs, um, childbirth educators for years and years um, to help get this information to as many pregnant people as possible because there's so much that can be um, better when we're prepared, okay? So we're gonna start first with thinking about, we're kind of gonna divide up the the prenatal or the birth core training experience into three distinct sections. Um, The pregnancy, um, labor delivery, and birth recovery. Okay, so we're going to first talk about uh, prenatal pregnancy stage. Okay, and so this is not just um, to prevent diastasis recti or pelvic floor trauma. However, if that was all it was about, it would alone be a good reason to do this work, right? If we could prevent diastasis recti, severe, um, you know, trauma to the abdominal wall or trauma to the pelvic floor. That's a good enough reason to do this work. But it's there's more to it than that. 
functional core strength, which is uh, the way we design it is the strength of the, the core muscles of your body, the muscles that wrap around your torso to hold you up and hold you together so that you are pain-free and strong for all the daily activities you need to do. That includes standing, walking, sitting, lifting, carrying, pooping, being intimate, um, and giving birth, right? And those are all parts of the function of the core. So we talk a lot about the pelvis and the rib cage being like two bowls, two parts of an Easter egg. I like to say those little plastic Easter eggs lined up and the torso, the core muscles wrap between those two, two bowls. So the, the uterus is in, in those bowls, right? Between those bowls in the ab- abdomen around the torso. And it's supported by your internal corset muscle, your transverse abdominis. Your internal corset muscle starts at your spine, wraps around, connects to the connective tissue right down the center of your abdominal wall, but it also connects all the way around your pelvis to your pubic bone, all the way around your rib cage to your sternum. So it is a corset and it holds the uterus in an optimal position when that muscle is strong and when your pelvis and rib cage are aligned well. Now, if we are not in a good alignment, imagine like a kidney bean posture, like sitting slumped on your couch, looking at your phone, okay, that where your back is rounded. And in that position, the front of the pelvis and the front of the rib cage tilt forward and close off the space that's there and pushes out on your abdominal wall. So your abdominal wall kind of bulges out a little bit. But in addition, there's not a lot of space there. All the space is kind of pushed to the back and down. Now, imagine sitting at the edge of your chair or do you even do it while you're talking to me or while you're listening to me right now, sitting up on your sit bones right at the edge of your chair and elongating like a cable is pulling you out from the crown of your head. You can see how those two bowls now open up and elongate. And now there's all this space all this space for the uterus, all this space for the baby that's growing to be pulled up and in um, and and to have space for the baby to move in the right position. So we're looking at optimal fetal alignment. So optimal fetal alignment is the best position for the baby to get head down, back turned and, and engaged in the pelvis when delivery comes. But there's also optimal fetal alignment in the sense of throughout your pregnancy, where you want the uterus to feel supported up and upright and not in this kind of dropped forward pendulous torpedo shape. Okay. If you think about that torpedo shape belly, which some of you may be able to easily visualize that um, versus kind of a upright compact um, belly. The torpedo shape, you can imagine, pushes a lot of pressure on that linea albia, the connective tissue that runs right down the center of your abdominal wall, but also um, puts stretches out your, your muscles a lot, but puts baby in a position where they're not really lined up with the birth canal. They actually have to go around a corner to get out, which is not easy, right? Versus if the baby and the uterus is pulled up and in and parallel um, with, you know, the, the 
the birth canal, you know, and kind of perpendicular to the floor, so to speak. That is a better alignment. That is a straight shot to the birth canal, which is going to make everything easier. But also throughout your pregnancy, the position and support of your core muscles impacts your your body's um, pain level, um, low back pain. If there's a lot of pressure out on your abdominal wall, there's a lot of strain of your back muscles to hold everything in place. You know, I, I will give this analogy when I'm doing um, group classes where I, I tell people, if you were to hold a baby straight out in front of you with your arms straight, how long could you do that without your back really straining? Versus if you were to hold that same baby snuggled in close to your chest, maybe their head on your shoulder and and your elbows close into your body, that is way easier on your body because the baby is closer to you. The, The weight is not so far away from your center of gravity so that your body is more balanced. So, so if we can bring the center of gravity in and, and more compact, it's going to take strain off of your, your back muscles, um, your abdominal muscles, and it also allows the, the core muscles to stay close to keep that pelvis stable and close together so it can eliminate um, SI joint pain, um, pubic bone pain, even tailbone pain. So all of that is really important so that you feel good throughout your pregnancy. Feeling good keeps you more active. Um, it's good for your, your um, stress levels, your energy levels, and it sets you up for going to go into your the, this labor and delivery, this athletic event, more prepared. So we work on teaching you how to connect to that internal transverse muscle. We get you in optimal sitting and standing positions, neutral pelvic alignment, and 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 then start working on connecting to that transverse in a way that pulls your belly together, pulls baby up and in, supports the uterus, and supports um, your spine and your pelvis, all the things that you need. In addition, there is this beautiful co-contraction between the deep corset muscle, your transverse abdominis, and your deep pelvic diaphragm muscles that hold everything up and in. That co-contraction helps support the baby and support all your pelvic organs, bladder, rectum, uterus, throughout the, the increasing weight of your pregnancy. We want these muscles to work together to support everything and to hold everything where they need to be. Um, And so having that natural connection throughout your pregnancy is going to set you up for a better alignment, less pain, and a little bit more connection to the muscles that are going to be required to do some pretty intense work, come labor and delivery. So even though there's this beautiful core and pelvic floor co-contraction that we want to work most of the time. There's two times that our core, well, three basically, but two main times that our core and our pelvic floor muscles need to work separately. They're actually two different groups of muscles. And even though they work together where the core comes in, the pelvic floor comes up, the core can come in and the pelvic floor can open. And that is what needs to happen for bowel movements and birth. 
So the core actually wraps around holding the uterus up and in a good alignment or wraps around holding the intestinal tract supported so the peristalsis works better in your GI tract while the pelvic floor relaxes to allow stool to pass through your bowel, your, your rectum, or to allow the baby to pass through the birth canal. Okay. So if you are only working the core and the pelvic, the core and pelvic floor together, which a lot of people do when they're doing maybe Pilates exercises, or if they do connect to that transverse abdominis, that, that natural core co-contraction is so beautiful. But what's really important when we're doing prenatal core training is to also connect to that disassociation, to work on that core coming in, the alignment being long, lean, and lifted, and then relaxing that lifted component so that your pelvic floor opens. And so we work on this specifically during bowel movements while you're pregnant, which is going to help with constipation, which naturally follows along with a lot of pregnancies because of the iron supplements that we're taking and also because of the hormones in our body that slows down our digestive tract. So being able to have more effective bowel movements without holding your breath and bearing down, which increases the risk of hernias, prolapse, other kind of um, hemorrhoids, um, different things like that. We want to avoid that. Um, so doing that, doing that kind of training prenatally is what we call practice pushing. Um, the uterus actually pushes the baby out. We do not physically push the baby out. The uterus pushes the baby out, but there's things that we can do to support that uterus action. Okay. And wrapping the transverse around and holding it in helps to support the uterus. Relaxing the pelvic floor to open the door for the baby to come through helps the uterus. So we're moving into the labor and delivery component. So doing some of those things prenatally before we even get into labor and delivery is so helpful because I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but it is very hard to learn new information and connect to uh, really subtle parts of your body when you are in pain. And I'm not going to, you know, spoiler alert here a little bit that there is some pain in labor. Okay. There's a lot of things happening and it is uncomfortable. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of cramping. There's a lot of discomfort. And to be in a place to learn something new at that time is not likely going to be very successful. So if we can get this muscle memory and this muscle coordination prior to the actual pushing phase of delivery, you are going to be set up for much better success. Um, you are going to be able to re, you know, kind of pull back into, you know, prior knowledge um, that's going to feel comfortable and familiar um, in a really emotionally um, intense stage of the delivery process, all right? So that is why we do this prior to labor and delivery. But there is a role for the prenatal core and pelvic floor work that we do in delivery, so, or in the labor process. So one thing is that 
doing the belly breast and the transverse activations and elongating actually helps the uteral contractions be more effective because baby is placed in a position that every time the the uterus contracts and pushes baby down into the cervix the with a strong core and good pelvic alignment we have a better likelihood of the head hitting the cervix at the right angle to really help it soften and open with each contraction. If baby's in a less than optimal position, sometimes the uter- or the cervix does not dilate very effectively because the uterus is trying to push baby down and maybe the presenting part of the baby is not lined up with the cervix well. So that pressure of the head on the cervix is not actually thinning out the cervix the way we want it to. And it can cause delays in deliver or in labor. It can cause this stop and start, um, you know, on and off labor, which is very exhausting. Um, and we want to create this optimal support of the uterus. The other thing is the breathing that we do to activate the transverse is also very good to keep your nervous system in a calm and relaxed state. When when there's a lot of adrenaline and cortisol and other hormones, oxytocin, flooding your body in this time, helping you stay relaxed and stay grounded in the moment is very helpful. And the breath work can help with that. also, because the 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 transverse working the transverse throughout the pregnancy puts the baby in a less pendulous position and a more upright position, this can help you know the progress of the contractions to move along. Okay, the uterus is actually the strongest muscle in your body. Okay, a lot of people say it's the tongue, and maybe on a daily basis the tongue is stronger than the uterus. But in labor and delivery, the uterus hands down wins wins the race okay the uterus is very strong it's pushing a very big thing out of a very small hole and it's it's working on and off in a in a rhythmic contractive way through several hours to make this happen not to mention that it has to hold its strength and integrity while it's being stretched out throughout the course of your pregnancy it's a very dynamic organ muscle group that allows for this stretch and this contraction, this stretch and this contraction. And our job is to not actually, we can't voluntarily control this muscle. It's, it's an involuntary muscle, right? But we can voluntarily control the muscles around it. So the transverse hugs and supports that uterus. One of the things that our midwives will say, um, is that the parent actually births the baby and the midwife doesn't actually birth but supports the parent. So the transverse is like the midwife of the uterus. It's supporting and aligning and and getting the uterus in a good position so it can do the job it needs to do. And then the pelvic floor actually opens the door to allow the baby to pass through. So getting that co-contraction of the TA um, and the pelvic floor throughout the pregnancy gives you a lot of connection. And then for the delivery, being able to draw the transverse in and relax the pelvic floor is really, really key to allowing the baby to pass through without a lot of restrictions. 
okay? Remember, we talked about that muscle memory. It's hard to learn new information while you're in pain and in labor. But there's a little bit more to it than that when we do the practice pushing. A lot of us, um, whether we've seen it in movies or experienced it ourselves, are coached in the birth and the delivery process to round our back, hold our breath, pull the knees up to your ears, and bear down to push the baby out. This is not actually the best alignment for the transverse to support the uterus. And holding our breath and bearing down puts a lot of pressure on the linea albia of the connective tissue of the abdominal wall and on the pelvic floor can lead to severe hemorrhoids, tearing, prolapse type symptoms, a lot of ineffective pushing. Holding your breath and bearing down is an ineffective way to use the muscles. It is like it's like kicking a door open with your foot as opposed to just turning the key and opening the door from the handle and smoothly opening it, okay? So we don't want to kick the door open. That's not often necessary, okay? So when we are um, going over practice pushing, we are also looking at the alignment of the pushing position. And a squatted position is how opens up the birth canal by 33%. Yet most Americans do not have the strength to or flexibility to squat for labor. But you can assume that same squatted position in a supported position, whether that's on a birthing stool or like even on a toilet or or in a bed that's the head is raised and the feet are dropped out and your feet are put up in kind of a squatted position, but you have back support. What we want to do is elongate the torso, putting the pelvis and rib cage aligned and then working on exhaling and drawing the transverse in, which supports the uterus and then relaxing and intentionally releasing the pelvic floor during the contraction. So the uterus is doing that push. We're breathing, we're supporting, we're releasing to allow the baby to get moved through the birth canal. Instead of forcing it through the birth canal, allowing the baby to naturally labor down the birth canal and then only, and just breathing and supporting, breathing and supporting. At the end of baby getting through the birth canal, at the end of the pushing phase, there's an ejection reflex in our body where our body naturally wants to push that baby out. And in that place, there is a push that happens and we just want to support that push. You may at that point feel the need to hold your breath and brace or bear down, but that is a couple of pushes. And even in that stage, we usually tell people exhale first, draw the transverse in first, and then relax the pelvic floor or push if you need to push. But pushing from the time that you start at 10 centimeters um, all the way through the birth canal, holding your breath, bearing down, bulging, um, that can just lead to exhaustion and a lot of ineffective pushing with a lot of damage to the tissues around there. We want you to have a better birthing experience. Um, We want the baby to have less fetal distress. And just think um, in terms of, of this, holding your breath deprives you of oxygen and your baby of oxygen. So if there's a better way to support the uterus to push the baby out where you don't have to hold your breath for hours and hours, 
I think that's the better way to go, right? Oxygen is pretty important here. We want to, we can't always um, completely shorten the length of the pushing phase, but we can make the pushing phase more effective, less traumatic. Often the, the pushing phase is is reduced dramatically when you have more effective pushing, but sometimes baby has to shift a little bit. Sometimes there's things in your pelvis that still need to open up. Sometimes there's time that needs to pass for the baby to get from point A to point B. So it's not just about getting baby out faster. It's getting baby out more effectively with less trauma. That's what our goal is. The cool thing about this type of preparation is that even if you choose to get an epidural, you can still have this connection and coordination because an epidural makes you numb, but it doesn't actually paralyze muscles. The muscles are still working. You just don't have the same ability to feel them. So you're numb, but not paralyzed. So if you have muscle memory and you can still connect to drawing your tummy in and relaxing your pelvic floor because you've done it every time you've gone to the bathroom for the last three to four months, that's going to work, serve you really, really well. Okay. So even in an epidural situation, you have control over how the baby is born and how much stress is put on the baby. Just because you're numb does not excuse you to just hold your breath, bear down, and just purple push that baby out. The trauma is still happening to the tissues. Even though you can't feel it at the time, the, the body's still experiencing that trauma. So we want to be thoughtful, cautious, compassionate to our body, not just because, oh, it's numb now, so I can just do whatever. We It's numb so that you can take a m- minute Compose yourself, get some good breaths, and then do this well where where you have some control over the situation. I I recognize that's not every situation. Sometimes people have very violent birth experiences where the body has a very intense ejection reaction where it's very short labor delivery and they're lucky to get to the hospital or for the midwife to get to the home before the baby is out. Sometimes things are out of your control, but I would say in general, that's an exception to the rule. That's a rare situation that that happens. So we want to prepare for what commonly happens. Um, But even in those rare situations, you having some connection to these muscles is going to help on the healing process. So we're going to shift into the birth recovery section of this, uh, this, this information. Okay. So an easier pregnancy and birth equals an easier birth recovery most of the time. Okay. So everything you can do proactively, preventatively being connected and intentional with these muscles, preparing for the marathon (laughs) before the marathon, preparing for that sprint before the sprint is going to help you in the birth recovery, okay? The other thing is preparing for birth recovery before you're in birth recovery is going to be really helpful because like we said, it's not like you just get to lay around um, without any responsibilities on you in birth, after birth, right? You have a baby. 
and you, um, or maybe more than one baby, you maybe have a toddler at home as well, or you maybe had twins or triplets, who knows, right? So there are a lot of physical demands in newborn care. Um, you're, the baby doesn't sleep a lot. The baby does eat a lot. Every two hours, the baby also needs to have a diaper change every two hours or more. <laughs> um, there's a lot of physical demands on you to take care of this infant. So what can we do to, to prepare you for that and to, to set the stage for the proper amount of birth recovery? Little things add up. So knowing ahead of time how to safely get in and out of bed, um, knowing the benefits of using an abdominal rehab split postpartum to support your abdominal wall, which is really important to hold you up and hold you together, but it's kind of blown apart after delivery. Knowing how to have a bowel movement after delivery safely, knowing how to sit when you're nursing your baby or how to um, support your, your pelvic floor um, when you're using the bathroom or when you're walking or when you're carrying the baby. These are all really important things to know ahead of time because you're going to be tired, you're going to be recovering, you're going to be distracted by newborn care, and it's going to be very easy to neglect your own needs because your mama instincts are going to come into play. But your needs are important. And um, there, there are some benefits of splinting to your postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. There's some benefits to, to abdom, postpartum splinting to helping you um, have the strength to do what you need to do. There's also um, setting up the, the three, three things you do the most. So what we call a nursing throne, um, changing station, and how you're getting yourself in and out of bed and how you're getting baby in and out of wherever they're sleeping. So, um, and not to mention carrying carriers, baby, baby wearing, um, all of those things, having a plan for some of that stuff, because there's, like I said, there's a lot of physical demands and you're coming into this season at needing some physical recovery before you just add more demands onto your life. All right. So knowing how much you need to rest, how much you need to put your feet up, how much you don't need to just jump back into things. How much you need to limit initial baby wearing to allow your body to heal first. Um, recognizing some of that stuff ahead of time is going to be really important because a lot of times people don't think to go to PT or pelvic floor PT until at least six to 12 weeks after delivery. You have a lot of demands six to 12 hours after delivery. So I want you to have that information sooner. That's not saying I'm having you work out six to 12 hours after delivery. It's not about exercise. It's about setting yourself up to support your muscles to heal and recover. And, you know, let's take some of those belly breaths that we used in the pregnancy and in labor and delivery to connect to that transverse to help the muscles come back together to help calm your nervous system when you're tired and the baby's fussy, to help relax your system so your milk supply is abundant and not restricted because of stress and anxiety. All right, so all of those things, 
to to put yourself um, doing some transverse holds can help actually massage the uterus to help it shrink down, can help support your pelvic floor. So because of that co-contraction, remember that beautiful co-contraction of the core and the pelvic floor to come together. So a lot of times it's hard to feel those muscles because they're really stretched out. So this is where we can rely on some of that muscle memory, where we're sending a signal that is familiar to your body. It's going to be easier for it to come back and connect. All right. So if we can prevent um, more injury that often happens um, when we unknowingly we do too much too soon after delivery unknowingly we don't realize how much our body does need that recovery time that fourth trimester time um we really need to to acknowledge that time of recovery replenishing healing supporting nurturing your body and the baby for that next stage okay and it's not 6 weeks it's it's a full 12 weeks and then it's a gradual transition from there. If we can be more gentle and compassionate to our body to recover from this massive event, not to even a uh, uh, we haven't even mentioned the emotional, um, mental, um, psychological components that come with this. You know, we're just talking physical alone. Um we need that time to recover so that you can heal and and return back. So give yourself that time. And I think deal, working with clients prenatally, setting the stage for that really is it honors the this this time in your this season in your life and sets you up for success. And that's what we want. So when we when we approach pregnancy proactively like this. Do we eliminate diastasis? Do we eliminate prolapse? No, we don't. We minimize diastasis. Sometimes people won't have a diastasis at all. It'll be the people that get it will be less and the recovery will be faster. Um, Do we eliminate prolapse? We minimize it. We, We definitely eliminate trauma to the pelvic floor, trauma to the, 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 um, the, the core muscles, we minimize that a lot. Is it completely eliminated? No. Birth is still birth. It is very, uh, it's substantial. Okay. But everything we can do to make the situation better is a step in the right direction. I'm not sending out any like false, you know, claims or promises that you're going to just have this beautiful birth or definitely have a back when you had a C-section before. But I can tell you that odds are it's going to be a much better experience. Um, and C-sections can be beautiful births, births as well when you are prepared and you know what that's going to involve. And we actually have not just do we have our prenatal core training course, which is our six-week preparing for birth course um, that is more than six weeks. It's six weeks of content that carries you through your whole pregnancy, birth and birth recovery. Um, But we also have uh, core preparations for C-section. If you know you're having a planned C-section, there's still a lot of work you can do. No, you don't have to focus so much on the practice pushing phase of things, but preparing your core and your pelvic floor for the, the demands of carrying 
a baby throughout a pregnancy and the demands of the actual surgical procedure and surgical recovery and newborn care, that's all really important stuff, right? It's still a major surgery after a really long time of your body expanding and going into newborn care with postpartum or post-surgical recovery, right? That's something to prepare for. So we have both of those classes. And then we have a class called our crash course. Let's say you don't have six weeks left in your pregnancy. I have a crash course, which we designed for um, those clients. Like if I only had one session with them, what would I do? Um, And there's a lot I can do in one session. So it's more than one session. There's, There's what I would do in that one session, as well as a lot of postpartum recovery stuff in that crash course. So it's never too late, even if you're due next week, consider the crash course. I cannot tell you how important that information is going to be for you. So this is is why we do this work. We want to empower you. We want you to be educated and we want you to have strategies that are going to be very practical um, for you to apply to your real life so that we can make an impact so you can be strong for the life you were meant to live, strong for the birth that you want to have, strong to be the mother you want to be, strong to have the recovery. Maybe you're looking at this as I've had traumatic births in the past. Let's do it differently this time. Maybe you're trying to have a VBAC after a C-section. Let's try to prepare your body differently this time. Um, Maybe this is your eighth pregnancy and you're like, whoa, I need to do something differently. Maybe you've had great births all along. You just want to be proactive. Maybe you have never had a baby and you want to prepare for for the birth. Really, this is going to be important for everybody, for everybody. All right. And we want you to have that information. So check out our prenatal resources. Um, We have some free content, obviously, but we have a really intentionally designed course for you. And it's all of the information that I've talked about on this podcast and so much more. And we take you step-by-step through the process. So let us help you. Let us help you have a good experience. All right. All right. That's all I wanted to share today. Um, Check out the resources that we're going to connect with this podcast. Check out more information at thetummyteam.com. If you have had, um, Uh, you know, experience with our prenatal core training, please reach out to us. We'd love to share your story. I know other clients would love to hear your story. Um, And, you know, that's what we're all in this together. We're on a journey together and we'd love to share your journey with you. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to find out more about all that we do, check out thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live.